Hey, thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Russ Rants Podcast. Seriously, I appreciate it. If you're wondering what this podcast is all about, really, it's, it's about you. It's for you. It's about having conversations with ordinary people and yet hearing their extraordinary stories. It's a platform that hopefully challenges you to challenge yourself to change and improve. Without further ado, here's the rant. Enjoy. Well, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. Shout out to The Truman Show. Actually, a very underrated, amazing movie. Uh, welcome to another episode of the Russ Rants podcast. Wow, that was a random intro. Um, you know, before we get started, I want to say thank you again to all those who tune in, who listen, who subscribe. We, I, I always appreciate you guys, and I know that it's been kind of a, a renaissance. I've resurrected from the depths of obscurity, um, and uh, it's been really great. We've had some guests that have gone some solos, and guess what? Today we have another guest, and not just any guest, a guest that I actually have known for a little while now, and we're, <laughs> we're more than just acquaintances or someone who I've heard from a friend of a friend. Uh, it's it's uh, someone that we, however, we've only known each other for, I want to say, a year, but we'll get into that. I would like to welcome to the Restaurants Podcast Show my friend, uh, a guy that we've interacted on online, Twitch. We've done some stuff together in Overwatch. You're actually the one that introduced me to it. I'd like to introduce Liam Orden Blanchard to the show. Liam, thank you so much for coming on the Russ Rants podcast today, man. I appreciate it. Oh, uh, Russ, you flatter me. Thank you so much for having me, man. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm super excited to be here. Uh, Great. It's, I've never been on a podcast before, so this is a new experience. Here's, here's a funny thing, Liam, is something that I've really enjoyed since we got to know each other. And I'll, I'll explain to everyone how we kind of got to know each other in a moment. Your voice, though, is perfect. I got to say, you uh -huh. have such a great media voice. And I've told you this. Remember when you were streaming? Um, I was typing down below and I was like, dude, you've got a heck of a voice with this. You, you, you've got something here. Um, but I just want to let you know that up front, I'm already being redeemed right now just having you as a guest on this thing. Okay? It's great. Um, so just, just, just take that. Thank you okay, so well, much, man. I really appreciate that. <laughs> you're welcome. You're welcome. Okay. So everyone, just so you guys know, this is how our connection has happened here. So Liam is, is a bud of mine. This is kind of a, um, I I've noticed, and I was just telling Liam before we started recording here that I've had some kind of more, uh, I'm not going to say somber, but more down to earth, uh, what's the right word, Liam? It's just a little bit more of a a blunt message or uh, a down-to-earth, straightforward truth that I've been wrestling with and then I'd portray it in the last few episodes. And now I, I you know, I was messaging Liam and we're going to still get into, pardon me, wow, that was a burp. You're welcome. Uh, a few of his Thank passions. You <laughs> You're welcome. A few of his passions and who he is and why I wanted him on the show. But how we got to know each other was actually through Twitch, um, which is actually through a mutual individual. It's actually Liam's dad, um, James, who interacted with me on Twitch. His nickname is Canned. Does he go by Canned Lead or Canned uh, LED? Um, it's yes. It, it's technically Canned LED because yes. one of his first jobs, where he works at a sign making company, was quite literally putting LED lights in cans. That's so right. he just sort of adopted canned LED as his username in a lot of places, but it's sort of said and pronounced as canned lead. 
I was going to say that he, I think he explained to me that no one really bothered to ever pronounce the capitalized LED letters and it just stuck with can lead. But anyways, yeah. um, so, so James, Liam's dad, uh, he and I engaged a little bit on Twitch. He was one of my first followers, which was fantastic. And then randomly, and forgive me, are you sure it, it wasn't, ha it wasn't Minecraft? It was Half-Life 2 was the first it, time it, you started first, chatting with The me? first time I was in your stream was Half-Life 2. Um, okay. I... First time you were in it. Okay. And Every so often, I'll uh, I'll wander over into my dad's room and I'll, hey, what are you watching? Because right. we both like to watch a handful of streams, and some of yes. our uh, some of the streamers we watch overlap. And he was like, oh, this is a buddy of mine in Calgary. He's playing Half Life, and I was like, huh, I'll check him out. I was I think I was <laughs> only in there for maybe fifteen minutes. I just kind of said hi and then fair sat fair, around. Fair. But uh, definitely Minecraft was when you and I started actually started chatting. Like, yeah, okay. we started more interacting in chat. Because for some reason, that's like always my main memory is whenever people are like, when when did you first start meeting Liam? I was like, I think we like chatted a little bit when I was playing Minecraft, but obviously I'm wrong about the Half-Life thing. So, so anyway, so Liam, we just started chatting and then eventually we started playing RuneScape, which I don't know if, <laughs> I don't know if you've even touched RuneScape since. I feel so no. bad. Oh my gosh. We had like, I think it was like a few weeks of passion where oh, it was a good, it was like, a good like two months of me just like remembering playing yeah. runescape with my brother way back in the day all the nostalgia all oh my god but then very quickly all of a sudden it was like all of us kind of dawned on us after a little bit of doing it we're like this is kind of grindy all it's over like, again this is, this is gonna be a lot like there's it, a lot of dedication that goes into like getting forward hours. in that game and like, it's not like a different diverse movement every time it's no. click here then click back on the same thing i, I spent like here. four hours just mining iron Absolutely. And just so you guys know, if you don't know what we're talking about, Russ, what the heck are you talking about? RuneScape is like an OG. What's the right category for it, Liam? Is uh, it just... MMORPG. It is an MMORPG. And uh, I used to play it. Liam used to play it. And so we used to do that. And then I invited Liam to do a stream with me. I guess that's kind of what we'd call it. We just hung out, really, and played RuneScape, and it was on a stream is what it was. Yeah. Um, but then, yeah, so anyways, we, we we became better friends there, and then we played Overwatch. I never played Overwatch in my life, and, and, and anyways, so that's why we're here. So with Liam, though, Mr. Liam, I wanted to bring you on um, because, A, I know that we're going to kind of chillax. This is kind of a, 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 a fun, a little bit more casual podcast for you guys. A so mellow. Yeah, a little mellow. So whatever you guys are doing, uh, again, I thank you guys who have told me that you guys listen to this while you work. That's awesome. Uh, those who just listen to it whenever they're on commutes or driving, great. Or if you're at home, really appreciate it. So we're going to talk about a few things today. So first off, Mr. Liam. Mr. Uh, I, Russ. I, I, I want to go into this with you. So I want you to share with people who you are, okay? Um, you don't have to tell them where you live and stuff like that, but you can just tell them like, who you are so my social security pet. number is please go 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 yeah i'm recording <laughs> i'm writing it down just in case you forget to it's all good um but let's let's hear a little bit about you because there are a few passions i want to get into and then i do want to talk a little bit about how you're doing how we're doing in this pandemic if that's cool with you absolutely um yeah uh i am an 18 year old culinary student uh from mm -hmm. a small town in british columbia canada mm-hmm um, I spent about four years of my life really dedicated and passionate about programming and coding. That was sort of through my uh, eighth through tenth or eleventh grade ish. I'm gonna um, I'm gonna make a note of that because I had no idea. By the way, so <laughs> great to know. Okay, keep going. Um, and then all of a sudden, in November of my eleventh grade 
November of my 10th grade year, I apologize. Um, I decided that I really didn't like coding and it's not what I wanted to do with my <laughs> life. And I wasn't, I wasn't going anywhere with it. I was just kind of doing it on the side. It wasn't a job. It was a hobby. And I was like, huh, maybe I want to do this. And then I decided that I, it really wasn't bringing me as much joy as it did when I first got into it. And so sure. I entirely flipped gears and started uh, working towards uh, the world of cooking and being a chef. And um, I was fortunate enough in my 12th grade year to, instead of spending it at the high school, I got to spend it at the local college through a program called Youth Train and Trades, where I got to Very take cool. my... I got to take my first level culinary arts degree for a fraction of what it would have costed me. It no was, way. Um, I think nine months and it was definitely one of the best sort of schooling experiences of my life because as opposed to a, a classroom with a, you know, 30 people and a teacher that's just teaching the same curriculum year mm -hmm. after year, it's me and literally six other people in my class with a, brilliantly trained professional chef um whatever man that's awesome it it was it was a really cool experience and i met some really cool people some of the uh some of my classmates i still stay in touch with nowadays and some of them have moved on to other things i know one of them lives many many hours away from here now and he's sure. doing absolutely well incredibly for himself and i i'm i'm happy to have known all of them cool and now just really quickly, was it because we have a lot of cliches where people, especially in high school, and again, let's take note here, you're 18. So it, 18. You know, you, you've got a lot of, of room still to do whatever the heck you want. Let's say you woke up tomorrow and you wanted to do something else. You, you have the total right to do that, obviously. Um, but a lot of people put a huge emphasis, at least when I grew up, of knowing what you were going to do once you graduate, what's your plan. Um, kind of sliding into culinary before that with programming and coding was, was programming and coding. Did you ever feel pressure? Like, ah, oh, crap, I'm kind of set in this already. Or did that not even occur to you? And then when you started to enjoy culinary or, or take a shot at it and you got into that program, did, did, you know, did heaven shine down upon you, a, a chorus singing in the background and you're like, oh my goodness, this is my dream. I want to do this. Or was it just like, you know what? I don't hate this. Let's give it a shot, if you don't mind. Just for people out there that are still maybe like trying to search for anything that they enjoy, they're not sure what they're good at. I'm reading a book right now where the guy was like, I didn't know what I wanted to do, so I tried this, then I switched to this, and then I, I tried law enforcement. So, loaded question, but I'm going to ask you anyways. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, the programming and coding side of things sort of played off of, I was a relatively lonely kid growing up. I didn't really okay. have many friends. I uh, I was sort of a I was very to myself, and that was mostly my own fault. Okay, um, all right. I was so, going to ask that afterwards, but okay, cool. <laughs> and so I spent a lot of time just on my own in my bedroom, and it was when I, um, shortly after my parents had split up, what was our family computer became my computer when my dad oh. bought one of his own, and so I got my computer and I started using my computer more and getting to know my computer and getting to know computers in general. And um, I became more fascinated with the software side of things than the hardware. I couldn't tell you how to build a computer. I've sure. done it before, but it was right. sort of like a professional did it. And then I was over the shoulder going, Oh yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. You oh, plug in the RAM. In yeah. You oh. plug the RAM in there and then there's your power supply. And I have no idea what I'm doing. Sure. Um, and so getting into the software side of things was significantly easier. And I found a 
sort of online teaching class called Code Academy, which is okay. um, one of the bigger sort of like learn to code type things. Nice. Okay. Code um, Academy. And it teaches you like all these different languages, coding languages like JavaScript Py and Python. Python. Yeah. C++, C hash, Ruby on Rails, things like that. <laughs> okay. Okay. What was this called? Coding Academy? Code Academy. Code I'm writing it down, man. I'm It's it's super that. cool. Like even if you don't plan on getting into coding, it's a really interesting like experience to just especially when you've been out of school for so long to just learn something. Nice. And not to go down that rabbit hole, but I have heard it said that some people are, are actually hoping or wishing that in school they taught students coding rather now instead of like cursive or instead of another elective, they would actually include it. Well, if you uh, getting into that, through my schooling, um, I was always a really good math student up until ah. up until they threw factoring into the works. <laughs> for the life of me, for my entire life, I have not been able to factor. Four separate teachers have tried to teach me, and they've all just come to the conclusion of like, man, you just don't get it. <laughs> and the way my schooling worked is that I needed a, um, I needed a credit, so I needed to have finished a. 12th grade level math class in order to go to the college and i ended up dropping out of uh 12th grade pre-calculus oh my gosh and instead okay. of that i took a course called computer science which was it counted as a math credit and it was coding like it you just they taught you to code it was a very basic language called swift and you it was a program that we uh used these ipads for that um, you're basically just coding the background of a game. So you're coding move left, jump over the gap, move right, hit the checkpoint, whatever. Which is really, um, it's a really cool experience that there's that option. Like, obviously it's not a required course because not everyone needs to know how to do that. But like the option is there for you to learn how to code and how to become more familiar with technology, especially in the modern day. That's really important. Snap, man. Okay, okay. So that I mean, that's good, and that's kind of what something I was thinking about. Where I'm like, um, with Code Academy, I've seen a few ads now. Like kids' games and toys are now coming into it where they're releasing, um, like kids' games. Like you put this piece here, and that equals the code to, like you just said, to jump, to move right, to do this. And I was like, ah, oh, maybe I should get my kids into that. Anyways, so a little bit of a segue there. So now you've shifted, and then what? All the, like. What did someone mention? Maybe you would try culinary, or were you just like, I kind of have always liked to cook at home, and now I want to try it out. Like, what what the heck was that transition like? And again, I'm still wanting you to try to eventually factor in. Did you feel pressured to have it all figured out, or do you, did you feel like I didn't really pay attention, I didn't care, and it just kind of here I am today kind of thing? I'll answer that second one first. Actually, um, go nuts, man. I I take what my mother says to me all the time. My mother uh, just recently turned something like 46, 45 maybe. Mm -hmm. um, and she regularly tells me, I still don't know what I want to be when I grow up. Oh, snap. Okay. I don't think it's important that you have a set, this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. Hmm. Like, my both of my parents never had careers. They both had jobs, but they never had careers. It wasn't a thing that they went to school for and studied for four years and got a degree that let them get into their field. My mother worked as a shoe saleswoman for a long time. Now she's, uh, she sold cars for a long time, and now she sells um, like snowmobiles and things like that. 
my father has been making signs for the last 15 years. Right. They're both English majors. <laughs> like, okay. They went to college. They went to college for English. Neither of them fell into an English profession. And they've been brilliantly successful. They've managed to raise me, my sister, my brother perfectly well. Mm. I, mm. I like to think I'm fine. I think you're okay too, Leo. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I, I never really felt the pressure to know exactly what I was going to do ever because mm. I just know that I'm surrounded by people that will support me no matter what I decide to do. And I think that's more important than having a defined uh, path. Path, yeah. Uh, okay, so then before you answer the first question then about the segue from coding to culinary... You, you've hit something here only because, and people have known, I've talked about this before, um, but I, I do think that it's an interesting factor, the fact that you, you're still, like I said, and I'm not bringing it up because, dude, you're so young. It's like you're, you're in it where a lot of people are freaking out right now. They're tripping balls. Yeah. Especially during a pandemic, right? High school isn't normal. Uh, college, university, nothing isn't normal. is normal. Nothing is normal, and people are trying to figure out what the heck they want to do, what the heck they can do. And so, I find it very fascinating that because of your your mom's mantra, your your dad and your mom never instilled it within you. You better have this figured out before high school's over, because life is scary, and you better have a lifeboat. Instead, they're just like, do what you want to do, do what you need to do and figure it out as you go, do you feel like as a society we have, we've eased up on that? You know, we better have a good job by the time you're done. Or in your observance, do you think that it's still a, like a crazy tension where a lot of young people go into school or they pick something even if they don't want to? I mean, dude, I, I knew a friend growing up who wasted 30 grand at two years of a very famous university doing general studies because he just, that was the thing he did because he didn't know what he wanted to do. So do you think the pendulum has swung it all either way or do you think we're still in status quo regarding that? Um, I've witnessed firsthand people freaking out in 10th grade because their parents are pressuring them to know what they want to do with the rest of their lives. And a lot of them end up falling into careers that they are only kind of happy with. Like it, it's really true what they say of if you love your job, you never work a day in your life because... Like with the job that I've been working for so long, I'm surrounded by great people and it doesn't feel like a job. It's a second family to me. But where does this come from? Because again, I know that like the industrial age, I was reading about, what was I reading about? Oh yes, I, <laughs> people are going to think I'm ragging on universities. I'm really not, okay? I'm okay for post-secondary in some circumstances. I'm okay for setting out on your own in some circumstances. Maybe you disagree, maybe you'd agree. But um, I, I, was, I was reading um, a book. It's called The Personal MBA. Uh, and he mentions how a lot of the ways they structured university, the way they structured those jobs, was to accent and empower the industrial age right? The industrial revolution, right? We had shops, warehouses, and to get a good life, a good career, especially in those days, you went to school to learn business management um, or, 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 you know, or admin or whatever, something like that, because that certificate, that degree or whatever would empower you to get a good long-standing job in a time where being economically well-off or secure was very important, obviously, right? And and you, you took those studies to get uh, a trajectory in those occupations to take care of your family. Whereas as culture has evolved, right? Even you, Liam, 
being like, my parents were very clear. Um, don't <laughs> figure it out what you want to do and take one step at a time. The the education system in some degrees, again, I'm not going to speak in total over, um, I'm not going to paint with a broad brush here, but a lot of people believe that post-secondary hasn't adapted to shift from that industrial age era. I don't know if you'd agree with that or not, but I do find it fascinating that you're still seeing people, even in, in your um, age range, and again, I'm not that much older than you, but I'm just saying we haven't changed much. Is that a problem or is that not a problem? I, I think you can speak with a, you can paint with a broad brush there. I think colleges, universities, post-secondary school, and even to an extent high school is sort of mm. living 15 years in the past. Mm. Of mm. We've, we've adopted all of these regimens and traditions that other generations have gone through that, well, it works for them. Why wouldn't it work for this new age? But the world now is infinitely different than it was 15 years ago. Like there's so much more happening. We're all so much more connected and we know so much more about what's going on everywhere in the world that we have a lot more opportunity, but there's also a bigger chance for us to feel overwhelmed. True. That's true. Because 15 years ago, like a lot of the jobs that are around today were a lot less prevalent or at least were, um, there was less demand for them. Like if you look at, again, going back to culinary, um, I think like 20 or so years ago, the demand for chefs and people in the industry was really, really low because so many people were doing it. But in Mm. that 20 years, a lot of those brilliant minded chefs have either retired or unfortunately passed away. And so there's a lot more room for like new up and coming uh, people to get into that field. Um, I think schools in general need to look at the world through the lens of technology because technology Mm. is how we're all connected and it's how we know so much about the world. And I think if we can put a bigger focus on just looking to the future and looking to the future with a grain of salt and more living now, as opposed to what do you want to be in 10 years? Okay, figure that out. Hmm. It's Hmm. what am I going to eat for breakfast tomorrow? (laughs) Because you've got to take your life one day at a time. It's funny that you say that because on a, it's on a different plane, but it's on the same vein of thought. You know, my wife and I, we were discussing it. Um, we, we live in Calgary, right? My, 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 uh, um, people i don't know what to say my Your people my, my listeners my my people my people uh my listeners uh know that i live in calgary alberta um and it's a big city cost of living isn't necessarily the most affordable but it's also not egregious either like we know that there are other parts in the world where it's absurd heck even in canada uh if you were to live in vancouver vancouver for example, yeah exactly <laughs> exactly vancouver is an insane um your fellow culinary um, uh, podcast guest, uh, Ryan Dean Dexton, he was on a few few episodes earlier. He is in Vancouver. He's in the thick of it. Um, and we were talking about our, our house. And we were talking about our, our cost of living, stay living. And Liam, I, I think you know this, but I used to work in insurance. I don't know if I, used to, I, I, don't know if I told you that or not. Um, I'm learning this for the first time. But there, you, there you go. I was, I was an insurance uh, representative for five years, by the way, half a decade. And um, the advice that I got as I was trying to educate other people 
about money, about the future. Um, I, I was equipped to the nines. We called them word tracks. It was basically dialogue tracks and keys and cues that when you said this, I would then, you know, rebuttal with this, right? You know what I mean? Like wordplay. Yeah. And and obviously, you know, the, the bread and butter of the insurance industry is never the the car and home insurance. That that can keep the lights on, that pays the bills. But the real cream of the crop, the you know, the gravy is what they like to call it, is the financial services, life insurance, disability, and critical illness. Uh, now, I'm making it sound very crude and black and white, like, oh, how how cutthroat but no those are really great products in the right context for the right people okay they have a value um but the reason i bring that up is because i would interview business owners entrepreneurs doctors professors they were all my clientele everyone was on a level playing field when it came to their car insurance they didn't we you know insurance doesn't care sometimes i can't say that anymore because some of it does now but insurance didn't used to care about what your occupation was they just cared about how old you were what your driving record was and what your car was right and right. so I would talk to these people and Liam, no joke, the difference in answer I got when I asked the same question was for a young man like me, what would be your advice to becoming successful? How do I get more successful, whether it's financially or career wise or life wise? Okay. And again, I'm, I'm going to, I am going to try to not paint with a total broad brush because I know that there are a ton of personalities that can be different. You can have professors who want people to fulfill their dreams and build their own things. And then you can have entrepreneurs that tell you to go to school and get a degree and sit in an office, right? It's weird. I'm sure the stakes right. and percentage of that are very rare, but I'm still saying that there's, there's abnormalities. And so, you know, I found the more educated people were, this might piss some people off, but the more educated some people were, the more conservative, predictable, and linear a lot of their advice was. Oh, save what you can as much as you can, um, go to a good school, learn, educate as much as you can, which was still good advice. Um, and I, I can't remember, some of them, to be very dead honest with you, Liam, one of them was a dentist, another was a doctor. I asked, what led you to your profession? And I was like four out of seven or four out of six said, because my dad or my mom or my relative was. And so I just thought, why not? Seriously, no joke, wow. no, no word of a lie. Um, whereas the people that were in construction, one guy was the VP of a very prominent construction company. I just actually reconnected with him um, via the sign business, just so you know. And he said something oh. different. He said, take chances. They, they said, you know, um, don't be afraid to try different things. Don't be afraid to also make mistakes. And a lot of them looked me in the eyes, men and women, who were not of like, I would probably say a doctoral um, or maybe a quote-unquote higher pedigree education, maybe. Maybe I'm, again, maybe I'm pissing people off. I don't know. Um, and they would say, don't be afraid to try as much as possible now because you're young. And they stopped. It just blew me away. So anyways, back to coming back to this whole questionnaire thing, man, we really went on a nice rabbit trail, <laughs> but I, I do think it's cool. I think it's powerful. And I think what you said is cool. So going back to the coding, to the culinary, especially, and then we have to get into an, another topic. We have we to at least cover it before this episode's over. We do. But, but again, to explain to people from the coding to the culinary for you, was it that aha moment or was it just now that we know your mom and dad's mentality that they instilled in you, was it just, ah, I, I don't like this anymore. I kind of like this or I want to like this. I'm going to try that for a while. What was the mentality? Um, it actually didn't stem from my mom or my dad. It was uh, my grandmother on my dad's side. Because hmm. um, Cool. I, I remember she lives one town over from me, about half an hour away. So I'd only get to see her 
you know, every once in a blue moon. But I remember like the times that I did get to see her, it would be me and my sister, like going up to her place and spending the night. And I always remember she's a brilliant baker and she just loves making cookies and cakes and things like that. And I'd always want to be in the kitchen helping her bake, but I was, you know, six. I didn't know what I was doing. I couldn't mm-hmm. really follow a recipe that well. And so mm-hmm. she'd sort of, you know, she, she'd get the flour into the measuring cup and level it off and then hand it to me to put in the bowl. And it was, a, it was just sort of that like first connection experience that I remember having wow. with someone that wasn't like my immediate mom and dad. It okay. was just a, an instant connection that I felt with my grandmother. And I guess it sort of just laid repressed within me for a long time. Cause I, like I said, that was, you know, probably over a decade ago now that I, Jesus, that's weird to say. I'm 18 <laughs> and that was a decade ago. A decade ago. Holy crap. Um, okay. But like it was a decade ago that I um, really would love to be in the kitchen with her. And then, you know, I started growing up. I started getting more into school and things like that. And I didn't have as much time to, you know, spend the night at grandma and grandpa's. Sure. But, sure. Um, like, I eventually realized how much I cherish those memories with her. And hmm. I realized that as much as it was my grandmother, it was also making food. And it's funny that it actually stems from baking because I'm a terrible, terrible baker. <laughs> I, can't, I can't bake to save my life. I don't, okay. I don't think I've ever successfully baked a tray of cookies without someone over my shoulder. Oh, come on, man. Are you serious? Yeah. Like, I don't. Well, it's one thing that I'm not a great baker, but I also just don't bake often. Okay. Okay. Fair. Okay. That's fine. I don't, I don't bake either. And, Trust me. <laughs> um, I was eventually like. Well, I don't like coding. What else am I passionate about? And I kind of realized, like, huh, I, I think I like food. I think I like making food. And so I eventually uh, fell into, like, foods class in 11th grade. Hmm. And it was just sort of a, huh, this is kind of interesting. Like, obviously, all the paperwork and everything dulled it down, but that's part of the real world. Like there is a fair amount of paperwork that goes into, you know, making and designing recipes. Correct. Right. Like I realized just how much I enjoyed making food and even more so than that, um, for my entire life, I've strive, strive every day to make people happy. Hmm. And I honestly, truly believe that the best way to make someone happy is to put a good plate of food in front of them. So it was kind of a practical application for you. It wasn't just this this innate desire. I must create something. It was I because of I must create. It was a memory of your your Gma, but also expressing and experiencing rather that that happiness, that joy, and then figuring out that you actually really liked making an impact on other people by pleasing them with food, and not yeah. just not just okay food, like really good food. Well. I wouldn't say really good food, but just... Hey, man. No, no, no. I've heard from your dad, and he... I mean, I, I know him from work. He's a co-worker of mine, and he freaking loves your food. So I, I'm going to take that as a pretty high compliment on my end. But yeah, just like... If, I, if you put a really nice plate of food in front of someone, it's going to be 25, 30, maybe 45 minutes out of their day 
where they just forget about all the stress, all of the bills, all of the taxes, all of everything else that's weighing them down. And they're just focused in the moment, enjoying this food with whoever's across the table from them, whether it be their family or a significant other group of friends out having a drink. Like it's, it's this weirdly like magical moment of people getting together and eating. Hmm. And I think good food aids to that more so than anything else. See, this is why I have you on, on this episode, Liam. This is why I'm happy about it because with all, just being perfectly honest to everybody uh, too, if you've, if you've seen me on Facebook or on Instagram, my, my uh, at is, uh, what, do you, what do you call it? My, my name? What was it? My, I'm looking for the right on nickname. Instagram? I'm trying to remember what like my handle. Oh my Your gosh! Handle? Wow, yeah. I'm so old. Wow, um, <laughs> is at Russ Rants. Uh, um, but this month has like been really brutal, like mentally, physically, emotionally, um, and this this is good because even this, as much as we've delved into some like stuff like the education system and like the future and stuff like that, this is beautiful to listen to, just about the the power of food and and how it impacts people. Um, now. I'm going to I'm going to hit the pause button though. I know people and again just so you know, you can you can message me. Um but it, I I think we're going to have to have Liam back again. This is an inevitability. <laughs> um but we have to stop here cuz I need to give time to where time is due. And I I want to express to people here that actually this happened on my stream as well. Um it's totally random. We're we're totally changing directions is what I'm trying to tell everybody. So um, Mr. Liam ex explained to me a, a while back, I can't remember if, I think you were messaging me during Twitch. I don't think this was a, a, a verbal conversation yet. And you expressed that you have not just an interest, but a talent for beatboxing. No joke. Just beatboxing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. And then you started listing off names of beatboxers and then you showed stuff and then you guys can actually find him on Instagram, his handle. Wow. I didn't forget at that time. <laughs> it, now, do you pronounce it hypno or hypno? Hypno. Okay. I would like you to give your handle, spell it out for everyone. Uh, it is at hypno Jesus. I believe hypno underscore Jesus. That's uh, hypno underscore Jesus. All, That's right. All lowercase. H-Y-P-O underscore Jesus. H-Y-P-N-O. Oh, oh, that's right. Hypo. Hypo Jesus. Hypo Jesus. <laughs> uh, yes. H-Y-P-N-O underscore J-E-S-U-S. And why do I say that is because on your stories, aside from quoting and singing every song in Hamilton, Shh, amazing, amazing, it's great. Um, you, you do beatbox demos and examples on your story. And that's why I always try to comment on them because I'm going through my stories and it's like, oh, you know, whatever. You're just, oh, look, Cindy got a new mug. And oh, look, Jimmy noted it's snowing again outside. And then all of a sudden I just get freaking Liam doing whatever it is you do. Uh, do you feel comfortable doing a quick demo for people? It's up to you. I certainly I can try. Freaking go, I'll, bro! I'll promise. No, I'll promise nothing spectacular. This but. Russ Rants podcast is a safe place, Liam. You, you, but I, I want to just do it. Show us what you can do.
And perfect. Absolutely perfect. And that is exactly what catches my attention whenever I'm going through my lackadaisical day and I'm just, you know, ho hum ho. Oh my gosh. And I'll quickly pause. So I want you to tell me, I haven't even heard this. Where the heck, where the heck did you stumble into it? And then you practiced it and just, I, I want you, anyone out there, I, I, I want it. I'm hoping to see it. I'm hoping to see it. Uh, I want people reaching out and being like, yes, I freaking love beatboxing. I'm totally into it. I'm a closet beatboxer <laughs> though because I didn't know anyone else. I want this to be the moment where you're like, the Rust Rants podcast with Liam had it. My people have spoken. So tell me the story, man. How the heck has this come about? And frick. Like, I know that you, you, you would obviously be one of your harshest critics, and I know, obviously, you want to go higher and higher, but I, I, I want to know also how you learned all this stuff. But yeah, start. Start with beatboxing. I want to hear it. So, um, for my entire life, I've been a very musically interested person. Now, okay. I, don't, I don't think I'm a very good singer. I like to sing. I just don't think I'm that good. Um, okay. So, I was in choir for a little bit of my middle school and basically all of my high school um, but it, it wasn't really my calling. Um, it was like sixth grade. We had to pick an instrument to play because we were graduating from playing the recorder to actually <laughs> playing in band. <laughs> I and don't we, know. Okay. Yeah. Keep going. Keep going. <laughs> and we had to pick an instrument and everyone's like, Oh, I want to play the trombone and the flute. And I want to play the clarinet. And I was like, are drums an option? Frick yeah. And, Come on, man. And my teacher said, well, they are, but probably not for you. And I was like, what the hell Screw do you, you teacher. Like, what do you mean by that, sir? Screw you. And yes. so I ended up getting stuck with the electric bass for a while, which I really... I, I, yeah, I get it. Not the, I not didn't the favorite. love it. It's not okay. what I wanted to play. It's, I played it. I was okay. I didn't I get really it. But you didn't care. like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You didn't I played like it. it as much as I had to. Okay. Um, that's fair. I still have the bass that I played through uh, middle school, though. It's, okay. It's sitting around here somewhere. But nice. I sort of had a conversation with myself of, well, if he won't let me play drums with my hands, I'll have to find another way to play drums. Oh, and my I would, gosh. And for a while, I was looking into getting an electric drum kit. But then I was like, ah, that's $3,000. No, thank you. No, I'm yeah, 12. True that. <laughs> Um, that that's not a hey mommy can you buy me this for my birthday mommy i'm aspiring to do something three grand um, please thanks and i eventually stumbled across a i think it was like an america's got talent type show okay um yeah, yeah. i think it was based in australia and it was um a beatboxer who went by the name of genesis genesis um, okay he uh, like he he gets up and he does his thing and it's like he's meshing five sounds together and it's this really beautiful harmonic thing and i'm just sitting there with my jaw open and i'm like i want to do that and so i started doing it? it it was like <laughs> and it's like yeah i'm a beatboxer honey grab the towel liam's having a seizure yeah exactly and um <laughs> I kind I kind of only like half did it a little bit because I was like, oh, this is this is lame, but it's fun, and like I didn't really tell anyone about it, obviously, because I was to myself. I didn't have many friends to tell about it. I couldn't be like, hey, check out what I can do. Sure. Um, but I eventually, it probably wasn't even until tenth grade that I started really like getting into it and practicing it, and I started looking into professional 
um, competitions and uh, looking wow. at uh, like obviously not competing, but just like no, no. watching professional competitions from years past and watching like, oh, what are the champions doing these days and things like that. And like I started looking up tutorials, just like basic how to beatbox tutorials type thing. And it was just from people I didn't recognize, just randoms, you know, a guy as passionate about it as I was wow. teaching, teaching to the masses. And sure, um, I eventually started learning, you know, basics. And then about a year later, I started getting into some more complex bass sounds and things like that. And um, I've been going strong at it for about two and some change years now. Correct. And it's only been two. And obviously, you, you really, it's not just that you're like, ah, I'm just going to keep going. Uh, might as well, too late. You know, I, I've gone too far to stop. You, you really enjoy it. Um, you know, because I, I, again, you have people, right? I, I know that I grew up. That's why I think it's so impressive is because, um, I, I, I know what you're talking about. There's a few people on talent shows or something where you're like, well, that guy, unreal. I think the main thing I saw was on YouTube. It was this kind of larger dude, and he did, was it Michael Jackson, the Thriller or something, and beatboxed, and he was humming in the background while doing the beat. And me being a drummer, that's why I find it so interesting that you want to do drums. Screw you, teacher. How right? dare you dash the hopes of this young man? I would have thrown my sticks at you um, i remembered his name i would call him out I, but we don't you're not even worth remembering wow that is so mean um <laughs> and no but i remember growing up and like watching a few of those and be like yeah beatboxing is like pretty cool and then you forget about it and then you have like your buddy who's an idiot coming up to you uh you know on the playground or something and be like i can beatbox and kind of doing what you did but not actually practicing ever or wanting to be good at it just like and you're like yeah that's cool i just spat on my face can we can we stop now if that's cool um so with beatboxing you tried to show me a few techniques actually on our on a twitch stream which was great um do you call it the inhale snare the inward the snare? inward snare inward okay i figured it was in something um <coughs> and exactly and look at how strong that is i still sound like i'm hiccuping over my own saliva um <laughs> and honestly the techniques you even tried to describe the tongue on the palate how to position it is a very specific um kind of, of skill to master and so again i i know some people might be scratching their heads how the heck or why the heck are we talking about this this is cool stuff and it's unique and it's totally what makes you liam um, it's just part of who you are, and I figured it was something cool to visit. So, if, if you can explain to me uh, again, aside from what what you've kind of how you got an interest into it, what are some things people might not realize the amount of skill or technique that does actually go into beatboxing? I'm serious, man. Lay it out for them when they're ready when they're ready to dismiss it. Stop them and explain how some of this stuff takes like years of work sometimes. Um, well. It was about a year ago that I started working on uh, what's called throat bass. It's basically a, it's vibrating your vocal cords in such a way to make a, um, a vocalized sound that isn't quite speaking. Sure. Because like I can, you can just drop your voice down super low and just go. Yeah. But that's still kind of speaking. Like right. you get what I mean? It's still yeah. kind of like you're a throaty growl. It's, yeah, the letter. Right. But if I just go, whoa, 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 whoa. Yep. That, that's wow. not a letter. That's just a noise that I'm making with my body. And it took me a solid like two and a half months to 
figure it out. And I'd watch dozens of tutorials that are it, and it literally stems from, um, you know, when you clear your throat and you go, <clears throat> yes, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. <clears throat> oh, oh my gosh, it's it's isolating that and pulling that forward and giving it power that takes so much skill. But at the same time, there's a thousand ways to do any given technique. There's not mm. just one kind of inward snare. I personally, I know three kinds of inward snare, which is the, <coughs> that's just the base inward snare. There's the, <coughs> which is sort of my uh, grimier sort of inward yeah, snare. Sure. And then the, <coughs> which is the rim shot. Super. And I can hear the difference in all three of those. Are they, are they super, not to get segued, but are they super different positions or is it the breathe they're, in? They're virtually identical positions. It's just playing around with your, t- your tongue shape, where it sits on your palate and it's, minor adjustments can really change how a sound comes out and freaking ridiculous man that's amazing (laughs) there's a dozen different ways to learn and there's even more you know techniques to learn there's hundreds of techniques that i don't even know about i don't even know techniques exist i'll watch someone uh doing like a showcase for whatever and there'll be sounds coming out of their body that's like how (laughs) is that in the mouth or in the throat or my gosh like this guy sounds like a train but that sounds kind of like exactly why it would be so captivating over and over again because like you just said you're watching a battle or you're watching a guy do a tutorial or you're just seeing and finding out about a new uh a new beatboxer all of a sudden and you're like oh my gosh I've never heard that yet. I've never seen that. Exactly. Like, what kind of musical, what what kind of any musical style can you be like, I have never heard that before. I can't really think of any. Obviously, there's like different compositions and, and different styles already, sure. But to like have one snare that can sound, you know, 50 or whatever different ways just because of someone changing their tongue technique or breathing it. I know, again, again, out there listening, you guys might be like, what the frick? But honestly, <laughs> you guys, Google a few, heck, even Google Genesis Beatboxer and just listen. I don't care who you are, but if you say that that takes no talent, I will, I will, I will, I will B-slap you. <laughs> I'm a family-friendly podcast here, but I will B-slap you. It is, <laughs> it's absolutely something that takes talent, but it's also a teachable skill. Ah. Uh... Like, I, no you one did is... lessons. Yeah. You practiced. Right, right, right. Yeah, tell me about that too if you want. But um, sorry, keep going. Keep going what you were talking No about. one is born a master beatboxer. Hmm. Like people have worked for 10 to 30 years to get where they are now. I've been working for two and I'm, I, I, I think I'm pretty okay for where I I'm would say at. the word competent and ever growing, right? Yeah. You, I'm, you, I'm not you amazing. You can hold a beat. I'm, no. I'm definitely not amazing. But I'm, you can I'm, hold a beat. You've got really good skills. And if I put you on the spot like I just did, you wrapped out on something where I'm like, holy crap. And you can hear the technique. You, we call them ghost notes, right? As, as a drummer, it's when your left hand does a, you know, it's two and four is the snare, one and three is the kick. And then you have stuff in the middle of those. That's how you get like, exactly. That's how you get like jazz drummers. You got, you got like uh, drummers that are doing some accents. I can hear all that because I'm a drummer. And I'm like, I have no idea how your mouth is doing such things. So anyways... Uh, continue, um, but I thought that was interesting. Uh, even about the lessons too, like you said, no one's born; everyone can be taught. You've done some lessons. Tell us about that experience too, if you don't mind. I, uh, I found that really interesting when you told me about it. Yeah, uh, I've done a lesson with a, a lesson. guy. A with, lesson. Yeah, with a guy named Ballistics. Um, Ballistics. He's he was, I believe, 
ranked number four in North America. I would say that's pretty good. Uh, sure. <laughs> he's he's been beatboxing for the better part of about six years and just growing ridiculously fast. He's I think twenty as of this year. So Holy crap. like okay. Never too early to start, never too late to start type thing. Sure, sure. Um, wow. But I got like an hour's worth of lessons from him and he literally just sat down with me and the first question he asked me was, Tell me about you. No way. Yep. Why? Why why do you think that that's such a interesting powerful question to ask when it comes why why does that even why is that relevant to beatboxing it's not he's just he understands that in order to for me to want to come back to, for more lessons with him he needs to make that personal connection i'll mm. bet you anything he forgets 90 percent of what his whoever he's giving the lessons to he forgets 99 percent of what they tell him he fair. maybe remembers a first name here and there Mm, fair but fair 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 like okay. it's that personal connection that he's just immediately bonding rather than just okay so what do you want to learn just could do this that'd be 50 bucks please and exactly like, <laughs> okay um but mm. he sat me down for an hour he had me freestyle for two and a half minutes he critiqued me on what he thought i was good at what he thought i needed improvement at and what mm. he thought was a good sort of next step and then he he did this really interesting um the word is escaping me um technique no uh, act um, action he oh god it's all right man but he, he he asked me to write down all of the sounds that i know how to do like give gotcha. every all of them a name and then he said start with any beat you're gonna go for five minutes you're gonna get no breaks and at random points, I'm going to yell a sound at you. Ah, throw it in. You're you're going to have to transition into a beat that is focused around that. Utilize your arsenal. Exactly. Gotcha. And I have a really bad habit of falling into the same tempo and the same sort of hip-hop style beat. Of All drummers do too. <laughs> like it's a comfort pocket. That's my comfort pocket. And so I'll, yeah, I'll throw in other sounds and be like... But you can hear that it's sa- still the same, like. Yeah, sure. Just sort a variation. Exactly. Yeah. And so, like, after he stopped, after the five minutes were up, he said, Okay, what do you think you did right? And I said, um, I think I flowed okay. Um, Kept I th- consistency, so to speak. I, th- sure. I think my consistency was all right. And I think I had a tendency to fall back on that one beat. And he said, Yes, I'm really glad you said that. You're observe. You, you're aware. Exactly. You're self-aware. I recognize me, that, and nice. it was a really, really cool experience. And I'm still sort of um, waiting to figure out when I want to do lesson two with the guy because I, he did say like, if you want to do a second lesson, you're more than welcome. And I'm going to point this out to anybody, um, uh, all all facets of music, or I'm going to say or any discipline. What what you've just done or what you're doing or what you did is is huge for 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 a couple of reasons. But one, the main thing is you you are actually trying to hone your craft. You're willing to solicit uh, critique. That's probably the first one I would say is yeah. that for anybody who wants to get good at something, you're not serious until you're open to people uh, exposing, so to speak, your, your talents or your gifts so far and saying what am I doing well, but also more importantly, where am I falling short. Uh, and then secondly, 
observing and taking note and then implementing it afterwards. It's the action after. Whenever I was a teacher, it was painful because some students came with the persona of wanting to be taught. They wanted to do... One guy was a metalhead. He brought his double pedal every time, and he was just the worst feet I've ever seen in my life. And I mean, God love him. The guy actually took up a guitar afterwards because he was liking tab uh, rather than actually learning drums. And because he wanted to be good fast. Right. And I was like, okay, well, first we're going to do rudiments. And he hated rudiments. Um, so anyways, they come with the persona of they, they want to be learning, they want to learn, uh, but then they, you can see the action of the work isn't put in. Right. And then you have the other students who look unassuming, but then at the end of a beat, when I ask them a few questions, They'll come back exactly what you did and be like, I noticed that I did this, but I also did this. And you're like, yes, I can't see it for you, but you can. Exactly. Now, what should we do to work on that? I think I should do this. What do you think would fix that? Well, if I practiced five times a week for 30 or 15 minutes a day, I think that. And so anyways, I just wanted to point that out for anyone, again, who's thinking, man, I just, I'm still trying to wrap my head around this beatboxing thing. This is a skill. This is a skill for anything. It's it, teachable. It, 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 you can learn it. It, it, absolutely. And the fact that you, you said, I, I observed this and I think I did this right. However, I am self-aware, becoming self-aware of this. And to have someone who's a teacher and instructor being like, yes, I'm super glad you saw this because I can't see it for you. Now we can move forward from there. Cool. A teacher's job is to recognize what you're doing well and what you need to work on. Mm -hmm. That So if, if, a teacher, if a teacher comes to you and says, hey, you need to work on this, that's them doing their job. It's right. the self-recognizing of, oh, I understand where I need to get to, and I understand what the path is, and I understand that I'm off the path, and I need to steer myself back on the path if I want to dedicate myself and if I want to do well in this. If I want to finish this essay project, I mm -hmm. need to set aside the time in my own life rather than having someone pester me about it. Correct. Correct. It's recognizing where you need to work for yourself rather than having someone else tell you. I, I think this is so hilarious because, again, we're talking about beatboxing, and yet immediately my mind, when even you say that concept about I, I can't do this for you, um, I've told you what I've, I've felt is wrong, we have, we have a few different sets of people, but even on social media, you can see it where some people allude to, um, you know, waiting until they're pestered again by their teacher to get to work on something, which is fine. I, I hear that there are some procrastinators out there. I am married to a beautiful, gorgeous one. Okay. Um, but my point isn't so much procrastinating as it is. Are you waiting for people to kick you to action or are you willing to set yourself to action and let other people teach and critique? Exactly. And I think there's a difference between self-starters and the people who get their butt kicked. And I think sometimes they'll end up in the same spot and very low tier things. Um, maybe the education system is a really good example, not to swing back to that, but like hitting some certain grades, the teacher's on you all the time, berating you with homework and all this. Okay, we're eventually going to get to a passing grade, whereas the A-plus student self-starter and actually, I want to point out that self-starters sometimes even aren't school good, but I'm just going to use this as an example anyways. Um, but in life itself, are you going to wait for your boss to come over and tell you that you know, you're cooking that a little wrong? Or are you going to quickly say, hey, can you just give me a look? I want to ace this thing. I know that you've, we've pointed out before. I know I'm self-aware this dish isn't my best, but I want to get better. You see the difference, right? It's like I, I, I freaking – I worked at Bootlegger. As a shift supervisor, that was a dark time. Uh, I was uh, I, I was just going out of social work and I needed a job. I just need I was a newly married guy and I just wanted something that didn't involve kids strangling me. That is a podcast episode, by the way. Um, 
And uh, I would be shocked at just the innate ability. Most of them were high schoolers who worked under me, right? Right? It's retail. And the amount of people that had a good work ethic, they were dreams. They were self-starters. They were grabbing inventory from the back. They were asking me if there's anything else that needed to be done. And then there was Joe Bucky, <laughs> stupid face. I don't know what the right, I don't know what a good insult is, where they just freaking loiter by the front door where you could see they were folding a jean at the pace of one jean every 20 minutes and they would never greet a customer unless I made eye contact and told them to. They it pisses only, me off. They only did the bare minimum. Pisses me off, man. Yeah, I get that. Ah, it's, it's, I mean, I sorry, again, just going back into that segue, but even coming back to beatboxing, and I just want to point out to everyone how cool of a skill it is. And if you are interested, would there be any videos on YouTube or just some pretty famous beatboxers? Even that would just wow people. Anyone you'd want to throw out to anyone who's curious about more? Um, in terms of people to look at and sort of be amazed by, again, Ballistics is up there. I idolize him. A lot uh that's ballistics with an x b-a-l-i-s-t-i-x um you can look up codfish uh c-o-d-f-i-s-h he was uh the 2018 2019 grand beatbox battle champion wow awesome um, a guy named alem a-l-e-m uh he's sort of been a really big inspiration for me because his technique and my technique line up really really very well. good very good um and like honestly once you start learning about those guys you start getting in more into the community and you find people that they've done duets with and you branch out from there and you learn about sure. the hundreds and thousands of beatboxers that have made their made a name for themselves out there and like i could i could sit here and rattle off names for 20 minutes but no no i get it i get it it's a really it's a really really cool community that not everyone knows about I freaking love it. And I mean, it, it's funny, Liam. I, I, I mean, we could, we, I know just so you guys are, obviously you guys are aware, but I mean, he and I, we, we could probably talk here for another couple of hours just because whatever we wanted to talk about, we'd have yeah. a lot of thoughts on it. That was why it was always fun. And I, I just want to say we do have to unfortunately bring it to a wrap, but uh, I'm, what fun. I, seriously, wow, I sounded like 80 years old. <laughs> What? what I'm I'm having I fun. Is it? Sir, what, what fun this has been? What fun this has been? Rushing the podcast. Yes. Uh, well, behind the scenes for you guys. Uh, right before this went live, Russ had messaged me, uh, just asking for uh, yes. like the finalized yeah. information, and yes, uh, yes. he said, uh, "Oh, what's, what's your, your information that I need, good sir?" And I sent good. it to him. I said, "Good sir," and then he said, <laughs> "Good sir," in all capitals. A good sir, and it's just—I don't know, man. It, it's freaking—it's it, just something I've done forever. Even in the sales world, I've always called people "good sir" or "milady." I've always had it. So mine, it's great. Mine is always uh, "sir" or "captain." Cap. Yes, I love captain. I captain. Love captain. I like that. Captain. 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 And, and it's always accompanied by like a a snap and a finger gun. Super Cap good, captain. I love it. Um, so I just want to say this, uh, kind of in closing here, Liam, um, it's totally random, but I always like to keep it open-ended at the very end. If there's anything you want to shout out about uh, to anyone out there, if it, whether it's a personal message you've had uh, or just want to reiterate something at all, or if you just want to hope people are doing well. We didn't even talk about the pandemic, and maybe that's okay. Um, you know, maybe that's okay. But is there anything that you want to say just in closing here before we sign off? Um. 
I'll sort of touch on the pandemic a little bit and just yeah, say go nuts. Yeah, go nuts. the world right now is much, much different than it has ever been. Like, especially with it sort of, we're moving into second quarantine here and yep. yeah, second wave. These are being forced to shut down. Um, I know personally myself, I went through probably the darkest couple months of my life through quarantine. Mm just having no one to interact with and just sort of being stuck in my own head all day. And um, just, I just want everyone out there to know that never be afraid to reach out to someone and just say, Hey, how are you doing? And just find that connection again. Even if it's someone that you haven't talked to for 15 years, especially right now, I'm sure they'll appreciate it more than ever. More, more so than anything, if they're in a field that's really suffering from, uh, being shut down. So I couldn't agree more. I think that's perfect. And I, I want to second that as well. Um, I just posted something uh, last night, just kind of the final hurrah of November. Um, my wife is disappointed as the mustache is staying. It's just an variation. Um, but I've told her that I freaking love it and I don't, I don't want to part with it yet. Um, <laughs> uh, but all that to say is I want to second that too. Just, just guys reach out. Heck, you can reach out to me. I know Liam. He's got a heart of gold. Heck, freaking reach out to him. Um, uh, but reach out to those that are close to you. Uh, and especially if you feel alone, don't don't try to go it alone. Don't try to wait it out, especially with this pandemic. I remember talking to my other bud, and we were thinking this would be over in September. Yeah. We are in December, right? You know, I thought it would all... be July. Exactly. A lot of people were hoping for the best, and that's still good to do. But it is going to be a little bit more of a long haul. And so just don't try to hold on unhealthily. So anyways, I, I want to bid you all adieu. Thank you so much for listening to the Russ Rants podcast. You can also find me on YouTube at the Russ Ranch channel. We have random rants videos. We have does Russ hate videos. Those ones are farther and uh, fewer between. Still funny. You can find me on Instagram at Russ Rants, R-U-S-S-R-A-N-T-Z. We've got my man Liam here. Again, you can find him on Instagram uh, at Hypno or Hypno, H-Y-P-N-O underscore J-E-S-U-S. Same on, pleasure. Snap, same on Snapchat, by the way, and you'll get more say, of my oh, you'll get more of my beatboxing on Snapchat. Do it on Snapchat. There you go. Have a great day, evening, morning, everyone. Look forward to seeing you at the next episode. Ta ta. And in case I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good evening good night. and good night. <laughs> Love it. Thanks so much for tuning in to this week's episode of the Restaurants Podcast. Feel free to like and subscribe to support. I love hearing from you, so make sure you send me any feedback and show ideas at russrantsreel at gmail.com. You can find me at Twitter at russrants1 and Instagram at russrants. Thanks so much, and I hope to see you next time. Seriously, take care. Bye-bye.